You're listening to United, United Q Podcast. United Q. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. All right, y'all. Welcome to United Q Podcast, the premier, the best UK, heck, world podcast when it comes to barbecue, fire food, live fire. Man, you guys, have you're in for a treat because you've got two of the best dudes, Ben and Dan, who are going to be interviewing me. And that's the only bad part about this interview. <laughs> well, well the intro's never sounded so good. Yeah. Thanks for having <laughs> us on your show, Christian. <laughs> hey, my pleasure, man. How y'all doing? Yeah, really good. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. So, guys, as you can see, we've got DJ Barbecue, Christian Stevenson, on the show with us today. It's been some time since we last chatted to you on the show, actually, Christian. When was that? It was over a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been really rolling. Now, we're approaching quite close to our 100th episode now, so we need to do a Shut special up. occasion. <laughs> really? You guys in 100, 100 of these? Yeah. Nearly. We're nearly there. Okay, have you guys interviewed Niall Davidson yet? Yep, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was, you know, he was about 10 back. It's supposed to be opening this week, but uh, I heard it's still a, a bit um, a building site. And um, yeah, I've seen some like Instagram stories he's been putting on and stuff. It looks not quite there yet, but it's no. coming along, looking good. I can't I wait. Can't wait for that restaurant to open. By the way, my launch party for my new cookbook is going to be in the Irish bar downstairs. He's building a North, Northern Irish bar, 180 persons. And Dan, if I can get your ass back into the UK, you are invited. And Ben, of course, you're invited. Awesome. Awesome. We'll be there. <laughs> Definitely worth a trip, I think. April. <laughs> April's the big is the big date, man. Awesome. Party with party with Christian in an Irish bar. I think that that sounds uh, definitely worth a trip. We especially in the in in a restaurant that is gonna be, I think Niall Davidson and I know I've said it to you guys before is like the Francis Mallman of the United Kingdom. Um, and when this, this restaurant is everything that I want to see in a restaurant, proper live fire cooking. So uh, I'm really excited for now. Anyway, um, is, this is this podcast is not about now. It's not about me. It's about you guys. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Uh, awesome. Yeah, we, we've got an awesome Christmas cookbook that you can get on Amazon. <laughs> That's right, you do. Um, and I need to order it on Amazon. I'm sorry, I haven't gotten it yet. I apologize. It's all right. You should get it now because I've got it reduced by one pound at the moment for a Black Friday oh. treat. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is it still Black Friday deals on your Christmas book? Of course. Okay, cool. Cyber I'm Monday a- actually today, isn't it? <laughs> It is Cyber Monday. This is when I should be doing all the, the presents for the kids. Thanks, man. I'm so glad you guys are here. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do what we can. Our book didn't quite make it to uh, number one of just the cookbooks section in uh, on Amazon like yours did. 
I love Jamie Oliver's and everything. So, I mean, you're leading the way. Barbecue. Yeah, yeah, we topped out barbecue for a bit. Yeah, yeah, we 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 hit the top spot on barbecue. I know you took the top spot on just cookbooks full stop at one point. That was quite surprising, but that's because it had Jamie Oliver's name on the book bigger than mine. Uh, if you read the reviews there's a lot of really you know four and five stars and there's a couple one and two stars i thought this was a jamie oliver book i was really disappointed (laughs) you know they they, they just mad it was another jamie book (laughs) yeah oh god awesome so you're so talking about books you've got a new book then and we've just heard we've got a launch party in april so i'm guessing the book's going to be out in April. Yep. <laughs> April April 19th is the launch of my second book. It's called Fire Food. It's coming out on Quadrill. Uh, there's over 50 recipes. I'm going hard back, but I'm not going huge because I don't want it to be expensive. I still want to uh, have a book out there that's affordable. The last book was $7.99. I'm hoping to have this one around uh, 14 15 quid, which means Amazon will discount it and stuff. Um, and we've just launched our website. So we got djbarbecue.co.uk. And we're going to be selling signed books on there as well. And yeah, I'm just I'm beyond excited because I've been I've been dying to get this one out. I mean, I learned a lot after the first one and it's been three years since the barbecue book came out and fire food is proper fire food. Like I I hope I don't upset all the gas guys out there because, I mean, you know, listen, I started on gas as well and. But this one's all about fire, and all the all the recipes can be adapted to the kitchen and to gas grills. But yeah. you're missing out on that key ingredient, which is when wood combusts and charcoal combusts, and the, and the wood note flavors that you get from cooking over live fire. So, so over the last three years, how have you sort of evolved whilst writing this cookbook, and 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 where where's this? Where did the cookbook sort of story begin? And how has it ended for you? This this sort of, I mean, because I think like over a three year period, things must have maybe changed along the way. Yeah. Maybe the sort of uh, cooking you've done along the way, maybe it's changed. You've taken inspiration along the way from all over the world, which I see you, you're constantly cooking with all these different people. And and how, how has that affected the the journey? And and I don't know. I've asked you about ten questions there, but no, no, let you go. <laughs> no, it's a good question. Um, I always think, you know, the more people I meet, you know, the more interesting I become for the next person I meet. And the more I see how people cook over live fire and use use live fire and talk to other chefs and just backyard cooks and people like you and going to grills, like just watching people and just talking to them and and getting inspired. You know, I, there's a recipe in the book. Uh, it's a it's a mac and cheese pancake with a mojo rojo sauce. And that idea came from me going to see Tyson Ho out in in New York and he does the mac and cheese waffle. And then I did a collab burger with Nevis Berrigan from, um, she was with, uh, you know, Barafina, which won best restaurant. And then she's now doing uh, El Sabor. And then she does, she did a mojo rojo sauce on this five-star burger we did. So I kind of got inspired by what they were doing. And I did my own version of their kind of, you know, their, their ideas. And, yep. and there's a couple of those things in the book, but the majority of the book is, is quite, I think really original. I mean, I did a lamb quemadilla. So I made a quema and I kind of put it in a quesadilla vibe so I can call it lamb quemadilla. I'm really proud of that one. (laughs) But then, you know, but then I went on the road and I think that's really, and I surrounded myself with a really insane crew of 
hunters and foragers and chefs and artisans and, and engineers and charcoal makers. And we just, we went and just cooked, you know, in front of people and at festivals. And, and a lot of the inspiration came, you know, from doing that and also just walking the earth. I think that's really the best way. Um, and, and I've got five cookers in my backyard. I'm all, I love firing them up and just, you know, getting inspired. I don't read other cookbooks. I mean, that's the weird thing. I don't, everybody's like, you should read other people's books and, and get inspired. I'm like, I don't, I just rather go meet them and talk yeah, and walk and talk. And I don't want to, I don't really want to be, I don't, I don't want to be influenced by a book or I just want to be influenced by people and, 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 and regions and, and cultures and farmers and the way they raise animals. I mean, I, I've been going to a lot more farms and talking to butchers that just shop from farms, you know, and that's, you know, it's all about how, what the animal eats and, and then and how the animal is raised and how it's ethically killed and then how, uh, it's, you know, dry aged. I mean, that's really where I'm going with my food because there's, there's flavor in the wood you cook on. There's flavor in the grasses that the animal eats. Yeah. And going back to Niall Davidson, that was one of the, the really cool things when we're chatting to him about the time he spent with, uh, sort of raising cow and on the farm and actually, and bringing that bringing that story from there to the to the table and exactly. really doing that meat justice and that was a really cool thing that we learned about about Nile that we didn't didn't know actually well he's bringing in some of the most insane meat there is you know from the from that is it what, what's the island he's bringing it in from he's got that five to six year five to six year old cows he's bringing in yeah that's why I didn't name it because I couldn't think of the <laughs> I couldn't yeah. think of the name I'm like trying to I'm trying to think now but well, you know, uh, I, I met, yeah. I met up with Ian, his the farmer that he's bringing the meat in from, and Ian was telling me that people come to visit him, and he'll t he'll it'll take him sometimes three days to find his cattle. It's because <laughs> you no, know, it's just this island, and they get to roam, and they eat incredible foliage and 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 heather and stuff like that. Um, and I like talking to Nile because, you know, I'll. Luckily for me, I host Meatopia and I get to meet the, you know, crazy farmers, you know, from all over the world. And you got the Galician and the Basque country farmers who are bringing 17 year old cows up there with just the most insane yellow, yellow fat. And they don't care about dry aging. They don't care about anything apart from the age of the cow and if it's a happy cow and how it was how it was killed. And um and they're and they're cooking the they're cooking these steaks like rare. And I'm like, man, don't you? I'm looking at them thinking, don't you want those fats to render? Um, but that's just the way those guys are. And then you yeah. say, wow, it's like I think an animal is four to six months, four to six years old. That's the premium time that it, the meat will taste the best. And I don't really want to go crazy with dry aging. I think you know, 30 to 40 days is perfect. You don't need to go any further. You know, sometimes he's like just 21 days, three weeks is fine. You know, he he's like kind of, you know, goes against all those dry aging enthusiasts. So it's really interesting to get these kind of per, this kind of perspective from from people are so knowledgeable about how they raise their 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 meat and their produce. Definitely. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the, the, your your passion for talking about it as well, because all of those guys have got such passion in their products that they produce and then they've obviously passed on that passion to you. And you're able to like build on that for them and help them promote exactly what they're doing as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's also I you you hear one person get all excited about it, and you talk to another guy who's 
doing it totally different. <laughs> and, and I can kind of just take a bit from each one and see and form my own opinion, you know, because luckily I get to taste it. You know, I'm cooking, you know, I'm on stage with these guys or I'm going to their restaurants and, and then I try, I look at their techniques and I, I, I experiment with them. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I take all that knowledge and, and then I go traveling around the planet and, and then I bring it all back and try recipes, put them on my YouTube channel and see how they go. And if there's a response, I'm like, okay, well, that, that, that resonated with the audience. And now I'm going to, um, I'll write a rest. I'll, I'm going to develop it properly and put it in the book and test it. So it, it performs well for people so they can feel confident. I think that's the, that's the, the difficult thing for people that want to make the switch from gas to charcoal or people just want to, or people that want to come outside is learning how to control your fuel. And, but once you can, once you get to know your fuel and your cooker and all that and your produce, it has got to be the most empower. It, for me, it's the most empowering thing there is, is to be able to handle live fire, cook with live fire. You know, imagine cooking like a three inch, you know, ribeye or a T-bone, you know, cook rest, cook rest. I mean, these are techniques that I've watched Niall do. I've watched, you know, Neil Rankin do. Um, and, and being able to cook that thing perfect, medium rare, 55 degrees inside and then serving that and people say, oh, my God, it's the best steak I've ever had. People tell me because we switched butchers this year. That is the best burger I've ever had. I'm like, what, at a festival? They go, no, ever. But and then we, we've switched to Tom Carriage's butcher. We've got, you know, a crazy blend that's going on. It's stupidly expensive. My meat bill's going up 1500 quid a weekend. But I know what I'm putting out there is the best that I could put out there. That anybody could put it out there, really, you know, and that's. That's quite empowering. The only problem is I just don't make any money anymore. <laughs> so yes, what I was going to say, it's got to be difficult though when you're putting out such a high-end quality product and, and the pricing of these things. And I know that you guys go all out and you have such a big team and they're all so passionate and doing everything they can, manning the fires all night because you're doing everything the right way. You're not taking any shortcuts. That's got to be uh, like a, not a difficult thing, but it's got to be—it's—it's it's got to be tough when you're seeing other people around and, and maybe uh, cutting corners and and stuff like that. When you and guys are so passionate about stuff and overcharging, I—I'm a dad, man. You know, single dad raising three boys, and I know how hard it is to feed kids at a festival. Feed yourself, and that's why I—I I don't, you know, my pulled pork sandwich is seven quid. You know, that thing yeah. took what eighteen hours to make. You know, and it's been cooked on insane woods. You know, we do different blends. We might go full birch on one, or then we'll go sweet chestnut and 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 um, and wild cherry on another cook. You know, because we know those flavors enhance what we're doing. And and then our cheeseburger is seven pounds fifty. You know, all these things I'm doing with the team I've got. That sh they should all be minimal ten quid. We're the, yeah, we're stupid. You know, I sometimes you have guys who are using hand-carved wooden spoons <laughs> and basting your pork butts at three in the morning, like a guest guy, a you, special you, guest in the crowd who comes in. Adds to the flavor, doesn't it? <laughs> Dan, you, you were hanging out with our crew at Girlstock, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you get a spoon? I got a spoon. So we, we did the uh, – we made a challenge for – uh, Matt and he, he started carving a spoon. He picked up a log and he was like, "This log looks like it would be a good spoon." And I was, I had had a few beers at this point, and yes. I was like, "Well, I was like, what do you mean?" So then he started uh, with an axe that he just had, started carving out a spoon. So he had only one tool, which is an axe, and uh, just carved out a wooden spoon there and then. And then uh, we then used a bit of charcoal on the end, and then uh, just stood there for about an hour whilst drinking, blowing this bit of charcoal, which then burnt out the curvature of the spoon. 
And then we christened the spoon on a maiden voyage by basting some pork butts. So uh, all in all, it sounded like it was a good evening. Oh, yeah. I think we, we put you on the line, didn't we? We had you basting the butts when we did yeah. the wrap of the night. That's right. You actually <laughs> you were in charge of, of, uh, of service for the next day. Well, that's why <laughs> that's what he's been telling everyone anyway. <laughs> um, he changed and, the name. It, you know, it's yeah. You were part of the uh, the line, man. It, it's fun. I it, this 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 last summer, I actually went back to the line because I've been so busy being front of house and running everything. But I, and I I was missing you know being there and doing all the pit stuff. So I made a concerted effort to go back to the pit and. And and do the wrap and do and do the rubs and all that. Um, the one thing that I don't miss is being on the grill like twenty four seven, like uh, Forge Sussex Dave Fennings and 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 Sam. You know, do you get this. So our team of guys on the pit and the grill and the spit, three of them are the guys behind the scenes or head home economists on MasterChef and Great British Menu now. <laughs> yeah, this is what when you're saying like you're competing on this price of seven quid, you've got best food you're putting in there you've got the best team yeah. you could possibly surround yourself with like how are you guys doing it <laughs> um i i question it every day bro yeah. i really do like i've been doing these pizza collabs and i've been talking to my pizza friends and they go do, do you know do you guys know matt black you know yeah, from yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so caravan was, restaurants. And- yeah, so I went there and he was telling me, I was like, your menu's huge, man, 41 items. He's like, yeah, none of them make any money but six. I'm like, what are the six <laughs> items that make money? He's like, the pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, they're amazing. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the overheads are so minimal compared to a, to a burger and a, and, and, a, and a spit beef, you know. Anyway, I, I am talking to a live fire uh, wood oven guy about maybe bringing a wood a wood oven on tour and you know adding, you know live fire pizzas to the menu because you know why the heck not we're we're already crazy staffed anyway. Um, so and that's the-, the thing is you can really make ingredients sing on a pizza as well if you if you mm. use real ingredients proper ingredients and and make real artisan pizzas that you can still highlight and celebrate an ingredient on a pizza and, and it can be epic as well and you can make your money <laughs> exactly right there you can make the money man instead of spending two pounds on your raw ingredients spend you know 60 70 p on your raw, ing- raw ingredients but still put out an amazing product and sell it at yeah. the same price here i'm giving all the secrets away to your crew yeah go <laughs> and eat to everybody <laughs> dj barbecue stupid don't do what dj barbecue does um but anyway, but yeah, guys, so so the, the book comes out April 19th. Um, you guys are both invited. We can get Daniel back from uh, – where are you right now, Daniel? Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur. Oh, my God. Malaysia. Should, Other side of the planet, bro. go there for the party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can we do that instead? I'm fine with that. Leave it to me. I'll sort it out, and you're more than welcome. Get on over. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, but just to give you guys a, a bit of a glimpse, let me, here, I'm actually going to, my book's right here. I'm going to grab it and uh, give you guys a little sneak, a sneak peek into what's happening with it. Um, so Fire Food's the name of the book. And um, the chapters, so I, it's kind of got a musical vibe. So the first chapter is called Breakfast Heroes and Afternoon Delights. Uh, of course, Afternoon Delight is that track from uh, Anchorman. It's a song about getting, getting some in the afternoon. Um, the next chapter is All Day and All the Night, which is a Kinks track, and that's your big kind of slow cook stuff. We, we do a spag bowl 
um, in awesome. the we we smoke the the beef the, the chuck joint. Um, so it's got that barbecue vibe, you know, that wood note flavor. Then you, you, you chop it up and make it into mince, and then you, you then you go spag bowl. So that's in there. Uh, the next chapter is called uh, <laughs> "Keep On Grilling in the Free World," and that's my ode to Neil. <laughs> um, that's a big. And then there's a, there's a really big chapter called the dirty chapter, and there's nothing naughty about it. It's just we cook. You know, you've only got so much real estate on that grill, but you take that grill off, and there's a whole new world of cooking. You know, we cook whole crabs in the coals, uh, lobster tails. Um, you know, of course, our dirty onions and and baba ganoush. You know, uh, eggplant aubergines. There's a whole thing on there, and then the end of the book is just sideshows, um, and it's it's actually. There's a lot of vegetarian stuff in there, and I think that's going to surprise people. I mean, of course, you know me. I'm pro-meat, um, but there is a lot of, of, um, of veggie stuff going on. So, yeah, and there's a big chapter on the alchemy of fire that I wrote with um, one of our favorite people in the world, Matt Williams from Oxford Charcoal Company. So we talk about, you know, single species versus mixed species, um, shop-bought charcoal compared to, you know, you know buying properly made charcoal. Um, making your own charcoal, wood, and all, you know, just, we kind of go into the science, um, and it's awesome. big, but it's the stuff, if you guys are real big fans of barbecue and, and what Live Fire does, I think it'll really be an intriguing um, chapter for you guys. Definitely. Awesome, looking forward to geeking out, anything with Matt, anything with Matt involved, definitely looking forward to geeking out with, with that guy and, and listening to what he has to say. He's also, there's also a photo of him in the book, wearing one of my outfits <laughs> it's worth buying yes. just for that <laughs> it's the last photo in the whole book it's him <laughs> he looks like um if david bowie uh um had sex with kylie minogue and they got married by a buddhist monk that's what the outfit looks like <laughs> <laughs> perfect i'm buying it just for that <laughs> yeah so Staying on the book, so when when you're talking about all these amazing ingredients and stuff like that, what, what is your advice to the the average sort of the average sort of cook at home and and how do they approach sort of sourcing these ingredients and how do they justify it sort of uh, cost wise and stuff like that? What's your message to to those people? I I always say when it comes to anything, um, buying a grill, buying a cooker, buying a smoker, buying a computer or a phone or your food buy the best you can afford you know don't overstep your means um go be don't go beyond your means but just try to best to buy the best you can afford um and i also say you know less meat you know but when you eat meat make sure it's got provenance and traceability you, you can trace it uh, everything should be, be the best quality that you can afford um but then i i shop i do my weekly shop online at iceland um, and that surprises people, but I've been DJing for Iceland, uh, grocery stores for about six years. They approached me this summer and everybody's like, you're going to say no, aren't you? I'm like, well, no, I'll, I want to actually go shopping. Cause I've never shopped in Iceland unless I was like a skateboard team manager back in the day. And I can get 40 sausages for like two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying that stuff. <laughs> the best quality um, you can find. <laughs> they gave me 200 quids worth of stuff. I mean, a budget. So I went and bought a bunch of stuff. I, I cooked everything and I gave it to my kids and they were like, that's a really good burger. I'm like, that is a good burger. And then I'm like, wow. So I went from like, you know, spending 150 quid a week at Sainsbury's to spending, you know, 50 quid a week. Um, and then I used my savings to go to butchers and, and bakers and green grocers to buy all the, you know, the next level stuff. 
so that's how, how I kind of afford my life. Um, because it, it ain't easy trying to raise three growing boys on my own. Well, that's epic to hear, though. That's mm. so good to hear because, like, constantly you're being drilled down the message of this and that. You got to go here, you got to go that. But it's it's cool to hear from from I would say one of the legends of of what we do. You're and, being charitable, dude. <laughs> nah, no, no, and and to hear that and like hear it's all right, almost like it's like almost like it's it's all right. Like you can do it. Yeah. You can go. I said you can go here, there, wherever you might want to go, and and pick up these bits, but spend the money where you want to spend it and get the best you can get within your price range. And, and that's it. That's it. Well, that's exactly it. And, you know, we, living in England ain't easy and it ain't cheap. And, um, yes, I'm on, the, I'm doing an interview right now. What's up? Raise you get off the Xbox. <laughs> Real life problems, guys. <laughs> I just did. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't always work. <laughs> they're playing skate three right now on the xbox awesome um, remember the days of tony hawk like oh, pro tony scale one so and, good. Oh, God. Hey, you know I, I filmed the 900 you know when he landed the nine out that's my footage in that movie all this mayhem <laughs> yeah yeah i was there so i was covering the x games for channel five back when i was no way action sports extreme sports dude before i went fully into food and um, I was at the base of the ramp with my director. We both had cameras. And I said, listen, dude, we don't know what's going to happen today. So film everything. And because, uh, you know, we'll get a feed from ESPN. But if something spectacular goes down, they won't give us all the other, other angles because they'll concentrate on the one thing. And thank God I did because, you know, Tony Hawk landed the nine. So they made the whole thing about Tony Hawk. But before that, Colin McKay, Bob Pernquist, all these amazing skaters threw down some of the best tricks in the best trick competition. And Danny DeVito was right behind me watching the whole thing because he was <laughs> the VIP area, you know? <laughs> Danny DeVito was right behind me. He's in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. By the way, the best comedies out right now are Broad City, which you can get on Amazon. Uh, we still watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And that's pretty much all I'm watching at the moment. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know he was such a fan of skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, he's got kids. He had kids, and they were there watching. So you know, he's Danny DeVito. Why not bring your kid to uh, the the best trick competition to watch Tony Hawk, Steve Caballero, Danny Way, and Bob Burnquist throw down? You know. Me and me and Dan have talked much about our um, experiences of Tony Hawk's because we didn't know each other back in the Tony Hawk's days, but. I think we've both said that we could definitely thrash each other in a trick off, can we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was un I was unbeatable in the warehouse. God, <laughs> the, the Chicago warehouse on Tony Hawk One. Yep, yep, can beat me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just that level. Yeah. Um, and I had it for like two months before the game came out. I rinsed that. I mean, I, I devoted way too much of my time to that level. It was amazing. I must have been. <laughs> Hawk about 24 times so far in my life so, and uh so good. and and he gave me some good advice because i was with all these gromit uh young skaters and i said and i got him backstage he just did a demo in london and i said do you have any advice for these guys he said yeah no matter where you go no matter where your tour whatever you're given to skate just don't complain people have traveled to come see you and just do the best you can with what you're given and that's kind of what I try to do when I go cooking wherever I am. You know, if it's a gas grill, if it's a crappy cooker, if it's, you know, lame, you know, 
lame charcoal that smells of paraffin and just chemicals. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm just going to get on with it um, and not bitch because there's no point. You've just got to do the best you can, you know, buy the best you can, do the best you can. And, you know, you if you've got some skills and you've got some history, you, you know, hopefully you can come out with a good product. And and what the one thing it'll do, it'll it'll teach you to be better for the next time you cook. Definitely. Do you think, do you, like, this is around that similar topic, but do you feel like we've all developed quite a bit of a snobbery around barbecue now? Of course we have. And that's, and I, and I'm one of, I'm the worst culprit. And, and when I, when I wrote the book, I got a bit drunk one night with Matt Williams and we were like, you know, really railing against the gas grill. And, you know, and I, I think I even wrote, the best thing you can do with a gas grill is take out all the gas components and put charcoal in it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I told my publisher after I looked, she sent it back to me. I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I've alienated a lot of people who enjoy just going outdoors and cooking on cooking barbecue, and I feel bad for that. And they go, we actually like that, and I'm like, well, you're gonna have less books. <laughs> they go, I don't know, we don't really care. I'm like, are you kidding me? Don't you want to sell lots of books? And they go, we actually just like your attitude. We like your. your <laughs> They'll have bought it by the time they read it, anyway. <laughs> take a loss here, so um, we've kind of stuck with our guns. I mean, Matt and I have gone back to the chapter to rewrite it a couple times um, to kind of soften it uh, because we're, you know, how you guys are the same as us. You know, we, we're so adamant and so excited about handling live fire and cooking with live fire and charcoal and wood, and that's all part of the fun. That's all part of what it is for us. You do get carried away, though. It is easy to get carried away with it. And sometimes you're chatting to people, and, and then, like, you're an hour into the conversation, you think, wow, I've just basically talked over this guy, probably put him off, maybe. So <laughs> it can be a bit like what you're saying, really. Well, you said it best when you asked about snobbery. I mean, and I just, I got, I got, to, I got to check myself um, a couple of times so I don't, you know, go into that realm. But I also want to enthuse about why we cook the way we do. And we, yeah. I, so I just finished last weekend, not this last, the last weekend I was hosting Motorcycle Live, my other world. Um, but the weekend before, I, I got a chance to host Taste of London. I never thought they'd have me there. You know, I do demos here and there, or I might host a chef's couch or do a DJ set, but they built a fire pit where we had Francis Malman open up Meatopia two years ago. And we're in the gazebo, right in the heart of it. They gave me a sound system. They gave me two Kadai um, fire bowls and all the kit. I was working with Julian Brown from, uh, you know, Mark Parr and Lord Logs, a London Log Company. Yeah. And it was awesome. I, I, and, I, and I had five girls from, from Taste staring at me thinking, oh, they're, just, they're, they're walking on in eggshells bringing me here, the live wire. <laughs> um, but they all were just so stoked on the whole vibe. You know, we had some of the best crowds. We had Oliver Gladwin uh, from the shed and the rabbit take apart a whole fallow deer. I mean, we took, we left all, all the awful was in there. We took it all out. We cooked it. You know, we cooked the heart and the livers. And then he butchered the whole thing all within 50 minutes. And then we roasted the bones and made a stock with it. I mean, we, we did full nose to tail in an hour. And I was so wow. That and 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 it was good to see them embrace our world because I think some people think it's a bit too primitive. But you know, we all know it ain't. It is nothing about it being primitive. It is 
is the most highly skilled thing you can do is cook over live fire. And for them to kind of take a bit of Meatopia, and we did the same thing at Ludlow, where they actually re they reenacted the original fire kitchen in the castle, and they put it where that kitchen was without the roof. There's just some castle walls. And that's the oldest food festival there is in England, 20, what, three years? And we did the same kind of vibe. I was up there with Lord Logs, Mark Parr, and Julian. Um, and we had all these amazing chefs come up there. Ben Tish was there. And it's really good to see these kind of big food festivals embrace our world. Yeah. You know, and, and, and barbecue is not a cheap word, and it never should be a cheap word. It's not sausages and burnt chicken. Barbecue is so much more. And, and that's why you're seeing restaurants bringing in live fire, because they know that is the upper echelons of how you should be cooking. You know, Screw water baths. Screw sous-viding. I, I, I know I want to curse <laughs> right now, but I'm not going to, so you can stay clean on your, on your, when you put your podcast yes. there. But that's cheating. Heston, <laughs> you're cheating. I, we, I, I agree. <laughs> we, I, I completely skipped the whole uh, sous-vide kind of culture thing that went kicked off last year, and everyone was just, in the whole barbecue community, just obsessed with it. And I was just like... Who? Go, go somewhere else. <laughs> punch him in the willy. Who's who's be in their barbecue? <laughs> well, we'll when when we finish recording, we'll drop a few names and then we can. Uh, Dan's we keeping can go quiet. Dan, you're, out, you know? you're keeping a bit quiet, here, Dan. Give me address. <laughs> I can go over there and punch him in the willy. <laughs> Kick him in the nuts. <laughs> Throw some balls and quit souving. Quit cheating. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I saw the other day? I finally saw you told me about grill stock. I think it was a grill stock you were telling me about. You shot a video where you were putting together a burger in a in a rally driver's car whilst they were uh, yeah, doing jumps well. and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> I was watching some stuff the other day, and then this video came up, and it was you putting together a burger. And I remember you whilst I was watching, I remember you telling me at grill stock about it, and I was like, yes. And I was waiting for the scene you said whether. Lettuce flies everywhere, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> we got a million views on that, man." That rocked. I loved it. It's so funny. But they wouldn't. The thing was, I had one driver who backflipped a mini. He was really, he's really into barbecue, so he was like, "Listen," because I told him what I wanted to do. I wanted to build a burger, but I wanted to use lots of condiments. But because I'm being driven around in a rally car, and we're going off jumps. I, the condiments wouldn't go anywhere near the burger. I just wanted to squirt the guy and the driver in the face, you know, with mayonnaise and ketchup and mustard. But um, <laughs> the guy, he was up for doing it. He blew up his car twice that day. So they had to give me another guy's car. And he wasn't so keen for me to wreck it with condiments. So I had to burn the crap out of the burgers. Um, it was burgers, oh. lettuce, and cheese and, and patties and some tomatoes. So, you know, it was still a, a four patty burger, but, you know, without the condiments. And I, the condiment was what have made that video. So I'm hoping to re redo that video again but that again that festival is called speed machine they're bringing uh the world rally cross from lyddon hill to silverstone and they've made me the the face of the food side of things so they're bringing food you know and and rally to to silverstone so that should be a really fun festival um and it's a bit earlier in the calendar i think it's going to be in may so uh, that's a new that's a new one for me um apart from the normal ones i do um but i'm a bit worried about grill stock so we need to find out. We need to save grill stock and make keep it legit. You know what I mean? Definitely, it's such an awesome festival. We need it to keep going and be as strong as it's always been. Really, 
that's where I met you guys, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where we meet everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we could like self-fund it and just create like a big crowdfunder and basically owned by the barbecuers. Well, this, there's this other really awesome and... festival called Q-Fest, which we organize, which maybe that can be the new one. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I think it's time for us small, us small festivals to work. So let's, let's get behind Q-Fest. You're a bad boy. And I'm sorry I, I had to work that weekend. I couldn't make it. And then, you know, myself and the Hunter Gather Cook guys did our own live fire day um, last August. So we're doing – we've announced um, a live fire course in May. I think it's May 12th. We're doing another one in August. But the one in August, we want to make it a, an overnighter. So we want to make – we actually want to create a live fire festival weekend. Um, so we're looking for locations. So I think now is the time for a small time guys to, you know – you know, do the whole boutique radness and build up the, the next wave of live fire festivals. Cool. Yeah, awesome. We call it boutique We're there. rad. <laughs> boutique rad, I like it. Yeah. Hey, did you guys say that this is supposed to be a, a half an hour podcast because we keep going on too long on the hour one? Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah, you've noticed. I've kept an eye on it. I didn't want to stop your mid flow though. You were talking, so. <laughs> we'll let you go we'll let you go and oh, no, sort no, out no. your kids <laughs> i just didn't um i i was a bit aware that you guys you know we get as carried away as you that's the problem <laughs> it's good to get carried away um hey so out of all the podcasts like tell me some people i should i should check out because you guys have done you're getting close to what your 100th podcast yeah we're about i think we're only two more away from our 100th podcast now um, you should check out this really cool guy. He's probably one of our most popular episodes called Matt Williams um, from Oxford Charcoal. <laughs> he, he's been living with me. He lived with me for like two or three weeks, three, two, like one or two days a week uh, during most of the summer. I love having Matt over here because there's not a mean bone in that dude's body and he's the smartest man I've ever met. Yeah, he's absolutely amazing. You can just chat to him for hours and hours. Just the, what he doesn't know about fire isn't worth knowing. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. Well, that's why I got him involved in the book. So I wrote the book with Matt Williams, and I wrote the book with T-Bone, which is Chris Taylor. Um, and Chris Taylor is the guy who built our, our spit that um, cooks the whole top bit, the whole beef cow leg. And he's also the man behind the scenes on MasterChef, Great British Menu. And we're shooting a pilot for a new show this week. And I can't say a whole lot apart from Chris is the home economist, and I'm one of the competing chefs. And if it gets commissioned. Awesome. It's going to be the best TV show in the history of forever. I'm look looking forward, forward to, to it already. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I wish I could tell you more because if I told you one other word, you guys would both be like salivating. You'd be like, oh my God, that sounds so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Anyway, right. Let's, let's press this stop button here and then you can tell us the word. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, Fire Foods out April 19th. Um, lots of big, ambitious dishes, lots of just easy, quick grills. Um, the classics is the perfect way to cook a steak. Way, we've actually, after the first pulled pork recipe I did in the first book, I've, you know, I've done what fifty-seven of them a weekend for, for you know, every summer for three years, and we have got the best te- technique for cooking uh, pork shoulder, pork butt. So that's in the book. Um, we don't hide any. There's no, we don't keep any secrets back. We divulge. Everything we know, everything we've learned, it's all in there. I hope people enjoy it and, um, yeah, and, and embrace live fire cooking because it is the lost ingredient. And they can get their signed copy at djbarbecue.co.uk? 
Correct Mundo. Gosh, you guys are good. Yes. Get in there. I'm getting in there first. So you guys got to turn this this podcast off so I can tell you more information about the uh, the pilot I'm shooting on Wednesday that I signed an NDA and I can't tell anybody. But if I tell you guys, you're not journalists or nothing. You're not going to tell anybody, right? No, we, just, we don't Definitely broadcast not. this to that many people anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I live in Malaysia, so no one no one cares about here anyway. Doesn't count, does it, if he's out of the same postcode area, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Cool. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks again for being on, Christian. It's been awesome to have you on the show again. Oh no, man! My pleasure. Thanks, thanks for involving me. When's your next book out, boys? It's in the making. Hopefully next summer. <laughs> cool. We yeah, need, we need more barbecue books, by the way. Definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, the scene over here is crazy as well, and I'm taking loads of inspiration from the street food and the sort of Korean barbecue and and sort of Japanese barbecue and stuff like that. So. So yeah, we're we're looking at maybe amalgamating a few things and, and putting something together, but we'll see. Okay, well, bro, if you've got some marinades, because I've worked with Scully and Yota Matalangi, and um, at, at, actually Yota Matalangi is the only guy who get booed <laughs> at Meatopia for slow cooking Swede, but his right hand man <laughs> has lots of Malaysian food. He's opening up a late Malaysian restaurant, and the stuff I've been sampling from him from his kitchen is insane. So, Daniel. Please send me some some recipes, some ideas, some photos, and some hints and tips of how to recreate what they're cooking over there. Please, I'll hook you up, bro. I'll hook you up. Thanks, man. I'll send you a few things. Cool, cool. Catch you. Cheers, mate. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. You're listening to your United Q podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips, or planks, you can find them at smokewoodshack.com and you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack. <laughs>